should not be telling the cops. Go on, sing your song. <laughs> Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Boss's hit series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And we are back here Sunday night, 9 p.m. EST or ET, depending on uh, how, how you, you like believe. to write the thing. Yeah. Uh, yes. at, at Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham, where we're talking about, believe it or not, Gotham. The new episode of Gotham. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Amory? I am fabulous. And yourself? I am Fabu. Ooh, Fabu. Is Fabu better than Fabulous? I have or no is idea, Fabulous to be better with you. than Fabu? Neither do no I. Clue. Neither do I. But I, we want to thank you guys for joining us here yes, live, thank you. I, as always, every week. Uh, now, Anne Marie, uh, just a word of warning up front. You said next week we have a week off, right? Or is no, it the, the week, week after. after next. Okay. Our spring break. We some we magically get off on our spring break. <laughs> oh, nice. Which is convenient. <laughs> but very good. Very good. Convenient. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah. What else do we normally talk about at the top of the show? <laughs> Million dollars. Well, I've question. had this infected bunion on my foot. Whoa, no, I'm whoa, kidding. I'm wrong, kidding. I'm kidding. Wrong kidding. type of show. Yeah, sorry. That's the bunion cast that we're going to be doing after this at 10 p.m. EST <gasps> at facebook.com slash bunion cast. No, it's a lot of fun. No bunion cast. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate you guys joining us live. I'm sure we'll see you pop in the chat room here in a minute here. But, Emery, why don't we go ahead and get this discussion started with the rhyming riddling episode summary? I started reading your point okay (laughs) (laughs) who's the man haunting gotham's dank sewers this killer croc is more than just rumors how did mr penn manage to survive lacks coroners and and a dummy disguise is jane doe evil harvey's to blame does her ivory mask hide more than her name will scarface's debut get ed and pengy talking they bond over a bullet in this week's Nothing's shocking. Nothing shocking. Nothing's shocking. Nothing shocking. Anne Marie, what'd you think? Nothing was shocking. Nothing was shocking. <laughs> That's a, it, it's a very apt episode title. It, we're, we just realized that about 10 minutes ago. We're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing was shocking. The the thing is, like, <laughs> what what else would that title be referencing? Because normally we'd, we like to pick apart the titles if we can. If it's like a if song like lyric, we'll yeah. relate it to it or something. But I actually, outside of the... Do you think they were making fun of themselves with that one? Maybe. or Like somebody was just like, you know what? Nothing really happened. Yeah. 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 They, that was, um, you know, if I had problems with it, I think my main problems were that it felt like... Every scene that happened in the episode, uh, you know, introduced a conflict and resolved it to where if you went back and rewatched this season, you, you could don't cut need this, this episode, episode out entirely. Completely. That being said, I did like a lot of aspects. The, of actually, the only thing that you that I think will carry over even slightly was the fact that Jim will not forgive Harvey. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure we'll discuss that. And as Charlotte in the chat room says, it's so Gotham. It is so Gotham. <laughs> it is so Gotham. Oh, Gotham. You know what else is so Gotham? Why? My first point. Okay. Which I have titled Bullock's Cobblepot. Uh, so in this episode, Harvey's old partner, Dick, shows up. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced that. Dicks. 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 I thought Dicks. it was D-I-X. Was it, was it D-I-X? I mean, we don't know because it's a TV show and not a novel. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. But anyway, his old partner shows up uh, when an old case comes back to haunt him. Uh, Jane Doe is the result of Harvey's first big case and one that he regrets. It's also the case that created the Harvey we met way back in season one, that yes. sort of cynical, you know, keep your head down, do it. You have to to survive Harvey Bullock. Mm -hmm. It's all because of what happened with this case. Uh, So uh, he he feels he let Jane Cartwright slash Jane Doe down because he listened to Dix and pushed the case throughout or through without adequate context. Basically, in if I'm misunderstanding this, uh, correct me. I'll try. (laughs) But but no, I guess the, the big thing was, you know, he got he got Jane to turn on her mom. I don't know if right. it was necessarily to turn on her mom, but to make a statement. Yeah. The statement that put her mom in jail because there was no physical evidence. It, and he kind of pushed that through because his partners told him to, Dixon. The, they weren't his partners. He was he was a rookie cop trying yeah. to become a detective. Gotcha. I feel like I'm quoting. 
Um, but over in before you keep going, okay. Ch- uh, Marion says, I think they tried to do too much in this episode. True story. And that they should have called it Mr. And Mrs. Scarface. Charlotte <laughs> agrees. And you know what? So do I. Nice. Nice. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't have the, I guess later on he got context that there had been some abuse going on. And so yeah. maybe it would have been justified or self-defense or something, but, uh, the, the old guard of cops that made him push it all through, right? you know, even though the evidence might not have been there right but uh this villain i i i realized as i was watching the episode is really bullock's cobble pot uh remember back in season one the episode everybody has a cobble pot Mm -hmm. where bullet i I believe it's bullock that tells jim that everybody has a skeleton in their closet that they have to deal and live with uh you know in in the context of that episode it was oswald cobble pot because jim had pulled a gun on him and tried to shoot him and everything and then he went off and ate a bunch of sandwiches and all that Finish each other's sandwiches. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that we finally get to see what uh, Bullock's cobble pot was, and that's Jane Doe. This whole situation that comes to light in this episode. Interesting enough, though, I, I went back and looked at the episode description for that episode, uh-huh. and uh, considering how many people have been labeling this episode as a bit of filler, <laughs> um, uh, everybody has a cobble pot. Was the episode where the doll maker, doll maker island, and fish Mo- Mooney and all that was introduced, and that was another common complaint back then. It was a filler. That it felt like filler because they got an extra like two or three episodes. I think that season. I think I got more than that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It was like four. Yeah, but but anyway, a lot of people said that felt. So I thought it was kind of interesting that you know when they bring back that concept of they brought back the same filler feeling. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Now, as far as uh, Jane Doe, I don't know if you have any opinions on her, Anne Marie, but. I'll let you say yours and I'll then I'll throw in mine. She felt kind of like a mashup of remember that character of uh, Commissioner Loeb's daughter who was in the yes, attic. Yes. Uh, yes. It was like a mashup of that and Clayface. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it was an interesting tale and everything, but pre- it, it was pretty complicated to slot into an already jam packed episode where not a lot happened. You know what I it mean? It was like, the most packed episode that nothing happened in. It was like so it just never stopped. Yeah, it was just <laughs> like like uh, I f- I feel like if if this aspect of the episode or other aspects of the episode had been given a little bit more room to breathe, yeah, it would have been a bit more satisfying. But uh, yeah. you know, well, I, I I did think overall though I I did like the story, I did like the character, like that whole thing where she like pulls her hand through the handcuffs thing was pretty cool. That was cool. I, yeah. They could have done so much with mm-hmm. that character. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, I, I also I also thought it was interesting that she shed her her face shed every time she transformed. Yes, that was weird that she shed her skin. Um, Soledad says, "What was even wrong with Jane Doe's face?" Okay, I had the exact same question, and the answer. I, I think she had a, a, a sense of like body dysmorphia. Like she felt like an ugly person. So when she looked in the mirror, she saw herself as an ugly person or a horrific person. Right. Yeah. She. It was more her interpretation that she was ugly and gross and probably because she kept looking at herself as other people. Oh, she had a scar? Where? I saw no scar. Probably because like half of her face was covered in stringy hair. (laughs) Like when you actually saw it for 12 seconds. I did think though that the way they chose to portray her with the white mask and everything was a little too close to the way they portrayed the mother character a few episodes back. It felt like yeah. a, a little too much hitting the same note over and over a couple times. I mean, the costume designer might have been sick that day. Yeah. They decided to be like, what do we have? Recycle it. Ooh, Recycle actually, it. Uh, Bobby Hawk in the chat room has a really good point. He says maybe, maybe she saw a resemblance to her father and maybe that's why she hated oh. the way she looked. Maybe, you know, it just brought back to mind her father who that's possible you know committed all those murders um and marianne says that she had a scar under her left eye too Mm. so that might have been something to do in relation to something involving why she didn't like herself it was really cool i i i still think it was really cool though how she like shed the skin off um i was highly entertained by the fact that like bullet pulled the face off of her Mm -hmm. ew yeah why do they like to like take faces and think that's not like we have taken faces off many <laughs> times on this show. We've even called an episode face off yes, because of uh, faces coming off. Yeah. Uh, one more thing I'd like to touch on here briefly is, oh, is you know, as part of her storyline, you know, she 
transforms into Barbara. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just felt that whole scene was terrible. It felt like an 80s sitcom. Yeah. You know, a classic Ooh. like double, uh, you know, double character 80s sitcom thing where, you know, I have to ask the question to find out who the right, right person is and everything. Right. Okay. See, I have this in my quibbles and bits, but it, we'll talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Barbara would not have given up her coat. Yeah. Without a fight. And she <laughs> wouldn't have just come like, bop, 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 Jim. Or whatever, like yeah. she wouldn't have come in there that calm, no matter what. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially if the woman took her coat from her. Yeah, like there would have been a lot more shenanigans, and I think she really would have just come in and like started going at the lady. Yeah, I don't feel like that would have had. Like I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what went on in this episode. Uh, anything else interesting from the chat room? Uh, more discussion about the scar. Um, Don Oar says the scar was hidden in shadow, but I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a scar or we were supposed to see that nothing was wrong with her. Mm-hmm. I was really unclear on that. Welcome to the party of see, unclear. If nothing else, I got that from Bullock's reaction that he's like, what the hell, man? Like you're, you're fine. Yeah. You like, good. And then he had to kill her because she yeah. really got on him. Suicide by cop. Pretty much. So, all right. This, this, this point is going to sound a little familiar to everyone if you've been listening at all this season. So I continue to have logistical problems with Gotham. <laughs> there are so many logistical problems that are happening. I mean, we're three, mo- three plus months after the like bridges have fallen. Probably pushing like four or five at this point. Because I have no idea how long it takes for things to happen. <laughs> um, a, how does anywhere still have electricity? Mm-hmm. I'm, so, I, I could see it maybe of going on for like a week or two. Yeah. Nobody's like if they have a power plant in Gotham, like who's working that? I don't see anybody going. Hold on, I'm going to go work the power plant. Like keep the keep the lights on. Maybe it's a little bit outside of Gotham or something, like but over they, by Wayne Manor. Yeah, Wayne Manor just exploded. Yeah. And nobody's helping them. Mm-hmm. It's all on them. So if they're not in Gotham, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Same with the running water and sewage. Like, we had issues with Haven. We need running water. We re- need running, excuse me, running water. Well, Haven blew up. So any water they had is gone now. Yeah. And sewage. <laughs> um, food. It was such a big deal in, like, the first two or three episodes. That we were running low on food, that we had to have like a covert helicopter episode with an RPG blowing it up and it causing all sorts of drama. Well, to be fair, that's when they were putting Haven together and now there's a lot less people to feed. (laughs) (laughs) But all the food that they had in Haven blew up. Yeah, very true. So, I mean, if they'd had food for 200 and Mm -hmm. then now we only have like 70, um, they would be good. Except the food was in Haven, I can only assume. I would assume some areas of Gotham have moved on to cannibalism. Uh, oh, I guarantee yeah, that. Definitely. Um, let's see. Is it just me or does it seem like there are more GCPD officers than there was in the beginning? And they are all suddenly all packing. Like, <laughs> I get that they got some guns and ammo from Eduardo's guys. Which, where did they go, by the way, when Fearless Leader disappeared? Well, didn't they get some from Penguin, too? Penguin gave them Penguin some, gave them some. Yeah. But it just feels very weird like that when the two barbers showed up suddenly they both had guns and everybody had guns and I'm like yeah. they were way more cops <laughs> here than there has been over the entire thing and none of our regulars. Like none yeah. of our like favorites. That's kind of something else that stuck out to this episode about me is it felt like a pre Bridges blowing up episode. Of yes, Gotham. it was completely pre-bridges. Soledad says, I have a better question. Why is the GCPD acting like regular cops solving cases like nothing is wrong? Thank you. <laughs> there are way bigger fish to fry than yeah. why these two guys got killed in the club. Uh-huh. I Honestly, we could have just let that go because once she killed Dix, she'd have been done. Yeah, it just feels, you know, uh, this whole season was about elevating to extraordinary circumstances and this episode felt like just an average you know Gotham season two episode of, yeah exactly this was like a season two episode um and i've asked this question before 
how is information spreading so quickly? <laughs> like Dix knew that some that these other guys had been killed and feared that somebody was coming for him within hours. Yeah. The man was in a wheelchair in an apartment building, which I already have questions about. Like, how was he running up and down? Mm-hmm. Like, is somebody maintaining the elevators? Um and well, you know, they're they're old cops. They probably use the old ways. They have like shortwave radios or something. But the old cops. But how work. would he how would they were dead? Yeah. Yeah. They were dead. True. Like. Although that never really means much in God. It really doesn't. It's, unless you're an old cop, they're probably true. really actually dead. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're dead at this point. <laughs> we don't have time to bring it. Well, we, I say we don't have time to bring other people back, but we did that this episode too. <laughs> um, but like, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who has a lot of friends who uh-huh. are in the know. Yeah. And like, even these guys had like crappy intel. They just wanted to drink. They're like, Babs, you're the only one with a good bar. <laughs> Say fine, one drink, both of you. <laughs> Cups and string telephones. Yes, Peter. Yes. Babs Babs was very uh ageist in that <laughs> early yeah. in the episode. She was well, like Well, because she has an she has to keep up appearances. I suppose so. And I mean it's gonna be hard enough now that she's preggers. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Sorry for letting thank you for letting me rant. It's okay. A good rant helps the soul. That's what everybody expects yeah. from me anyway. <laughs> Okay, anything else interesting in the no. chat room or on to um, me? Well, see, Marianne, I seem to remember some show where an actor went crazy because they got a scar on their perfect face, but I cannot remember what show that was. Yep, me neither. We'll say Saint Elsewhere. That sounds right. That sounds roughly. That sounds right. 80s is right. Okay, uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, uh, one of two major Batman villains who made their premiere or debut in this episode, and that is uh, the classic Batman villain, Filler Croc. I mean, Killer Filler. Croc. Filler. Filler Croc. Killer. Uh, Killer Croc. Uh, now, while I appreciate them trying to include more Bat villains in the extra episodes they got, uh, Croc really felt a little half-baked here. A little? Uh, in the comics... Uh, for me, anyway, the most compelling part of the Killer Croc character is always the the tortured, lonely monster who could probably be a good guy if he wasn't hated by society uh, kind of dynamic. It's why many Croc stories end up in Batman letting him go or Croc saving an innocent person, something like that. He did the opposite of that here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know he's a monster uh, in the comics, but in general he has he ha- he has a pretty decent sense of justice, and when it doesn't interfere with something that he wants to do, he's more than willing to lend a helping hand. You mean like eat people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cannibalism. <laughs> um, Soledad says, and Babs is already showing. How long has it been since the last episode? Yeah, bumps don't show up in four days. Um, and so, um, so it also says that Croc looked like a zombie. Yeah, a lot yeah, more like a, a zombie. Bit. There was no, I, I got no Croc. Yeah, there was a little bit. Except that they of, were in the sewer. There was like a little bit of scalification, I guess. Was but there? No, nothing major. It was never clear. Like we never got a good <laughs> shot of them. Yeah, plus what was in that Joker venom that would cause that to happen yeah, too, um, you know? No. But, uh, you know. Solomon Grundish. Yeah. I I I, th- I think my main complaint is that in this episode, Croc didn't really have much to him outside of the viciousness, outside of the monster aspect of him. Mm-hmm. Overall, he felt like a very sort of empty, tacked-on character. If they had given him a bigger chunk of the episode where they could have developed it a little bit more, maybe by, say, eliminating the Jane Doe plotline, <laughs> I think it would have had a bigger impact and might have been as powerful, moving, and memorable as a, of an episode as the Mr. Freeze origin story we got a couple seasons back literally when you said that i went mr freeze seven up <laughs> yeah <laughs> mr sorry, freeze seven sorry up. sorry but uh character bleak, character bleak. no you know i i i feel like uh I, I feel like killer croc deserved more than he got you know more than just like a one-off monster of the week absolutely and like especially because at least a lot of people have even if they weren't like huge into batman mythos have some idea of killer croc because yeah. Of Suicide Squad, or at uh-huh. least, you know, I do yeah. have at least something to there, go off of. There is an awareness now outside of the comics or like Batman the Animated Series. Right. Now. It's, it's you know, more people know. Yeah. And they did not do it justice. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I feel like there was as much development for this Killer Croc as the person we thought was Killer Croc back in when the city yes! was overrun by monsters. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was a much more believable character. But, you know, uh, as, as it stands, though, I feel like the ki- whole Killer Croc storyline just was more noise in an already noisy episode. I also really didn't 
didn't like the fight sequence. It felt like they were trying to go for like a Nolan Batman Begins close-up fight sequence thing, but it was just confusing. I couldn't tell what was going on. Okay. It wasn't. It was well really done. dark. Yeah, it was really dark. And, and again, like I said, I think they were trying to emulate the Nolan style of Batman com mm -hmm. combat from Begins and Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, but I, I just don't think I don't think that I don't think they landed well. it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they landed that rocket. Anything else from the chat room? Um, lots of confusion about Killer Croc and mm. Soledad hit on something we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So, <laughs> um, Green Zone Clinic questions. Okay. I have a couple of them, so they're lumped together. Okay. What One caveat, I'm not an expert on the Green Zone Clinic. <sighs> well, maybe somebody over in the comments is. Um, <laughs> what in the world happened to our ace chemical soaked Jeremiah who was wrapped up in a bed in our last episode? Mm -hmm. There is absolutely positively no way that somebody wasn't monitoring this person blob thing. Yeah. 24 seven, whether it be one of the many GCPD, um, officers that have randomly appeared in the last week or two mm -hmm. or, you know, Bruce and Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. How, where, where'd he go? Mm -hmm. um it wasn't even mentioned like not like yeah you their opening scene for them was in the clinic well i i would assume they're kind of going with that that whole bat trope of you know and if you didn't see it it didn't happen no when when <laughs> when you get to like and the joker got away uh it's just assumed like he's gone and he'll be back whatever like batman doesn't really go out and look for him too much if he's not doing anything active like if he falls in a river and gets washed down the river it's like oh the joker's gone i guess i guess that's fixed now <laughs> you know yeah i guess i don't like it um also Okay, so random lady who escaped the West End. I, I will say over uh, in the comments, Soledad says, I want to believe that Bruce goes to visit Jeremiah every day. Maybe he reads him See, a story. I like that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, the story. That's and nice, this Bruce. is how I threw you in Ace Chemicals. <laughs> and this is how I threw you in the Ace Chemicals. <laughs> and this is how I ripped your brother's face off. And <laughs> he, can, he can read him all the scripts from the yeah. earlier seasons. Um. Okay, random lady who escaped the West End looking for Mr. Wayne to help her find her husband and the others. Is the West End in the green zone? Sure doesn't seem like it would be. If yeah. it is, how did this woman escape with a crazy head laceration and being very confused and crazy? Um, I also wonder, why did she seek out Bruce Wayne for help? Okay. Why did she go looking for Bruce and not Jim and the <laughs> remaining members of the GCPD? It's it's like he read yeah. my notes, but didn't. Um, yeah, it's like, is it common knowledge now in no man's land that Bruce Wayne's out there? But I don't know, think it is. With a grappling hook? You know? I don't think it is. Like, they knew that it was like his helicopter and yeah. stuff like, like that stuff makes sense for people to know. Mm -hmm. She's not going in looking for food or medicine or anything. Yeah. She's looking for somebody to find her husband. That is not, he, he's an 18 year old kid. Mm -hmm. Maybe even 16 in the show. I don't really remember where we, I, I have no, I have no concept of time anymore. <laughs> um, so it's like, I mean, I'm glad they're here to help and they, I guess, kind of, and, you know, reunited her with her husband and various friends' body parts, mm -hmm. but it just was weird. Yeah. Please, Mr. Wayne. See, I didn't like that. I could see like an adult Bruce Wayne because I mean, the adult Bruce Wayne is known for being a philanthropist right. and everything. See, that makes sense. I mean, is this how it starts? Maybe. Is it just like he happened to be volunteering at the clinic when he mm -hmm. was supposed to be watching Jeremiah or, you know, wherever Selena is? And yeah. Ivy and so many other characters we actually care about versus all these ones they just threw at us this week. <laughs> um, you know, it's just yeah. like there's so many characters that have something that has been going on for five years mm -hmm. and we're just ignoring them. Yeah. I'm very ranty today. Can you tell? Sorry. <laughs> As you Speaking were. Speaking of, if we're Ow. doing rants, I have a rant ooh, real ooh. quick. Okay. You. Everybody, every everybody, writer. On, everybody. Every writer on Gotham but John Stevens. I'm not throwing John Stevens under the bus like nah, people online John have Stevens. been doing for the past couple months. Jerks. I'm throwing everybody else on the show under the bus. Okay. Okay. John Stevens gave an interview that yeah. I read recently. Okay. Where he talked about characters they wanted to use in Gotham. Uh -huh. He was going to use the Condiment King. Oh, no! And the other writers said no one would get it. 
What the hell? We talked about that in season one. I know. We wanted we, the condiment king. We have been ringing the condiment king bell for decades. Ding, 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 ding. I have no bells. By shooting it with sour cream. Uh, Ooh, but Guacamole. <laughs> guacamole. No, but seriously, other writers on Gotham, everyone was We're looking the at you, Ben game. McKenzie. Ben McKenzie coming up. Coming up next week. <laughs> we thought this was your episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's Sorry, my man. that's my rant for the evening. We were robbed of a live we action. We were Condiment robbed King. of Condiment King. Bo. 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 I think it's time to do something though. What is it time to do? Um oh, oh, I know. It's time to light, light the, the night! night! Light the night, light, 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 light the night, light, 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 light the night, light, light, light the night. <laughs> And our uh, new reoccurring for the next four, four or five episodes. weeks uh, <laughs> segment, we shine a spotlight on the pivotal steps on Bruce's path to the bat. Anne-Marie, what are we shining a light on tonight? Light the night! Light the night! Um, we are shining the light on Bruce throwing those little rocks or pieces of metal at the killer croc, filler uh-huh. croc. Sort of, you know, batarang-like. Of course, they're not coming back because they're like stuck in his like slimy skin. But it was very batarangy. So, way to light the night, Bruce. Yeah, I'd say if there there was there were light the nights moment, they were all involved in the in the sewer thing, like because they had to be. That yeah. was all he had. Yeah, definitely. He was in the clinic. He was in the sewer. He was in the clinic. He was in the sewer. You also you also did mention a little moment. At oh, the at end the end. With, oh, okay. with the scene between Bruce and Alfred. Um, um, hold on, hold please. Oh, I have this. No, basically. No, no. no. I, I write quotes. Okay, Alfred. They need someone to protect them. Bruce, I agree. And First of all, let's talk about Batman. the bad writing. Who, Second who, of who all, who needs a bat to fly through a window? It's a simple conversation. Simple conversation. They, they, Batman begins. <laughs> Batman. But we've been saying that for about a year and a half. Batman done begun is Batman what I say. Done begun. All right, we're going to play a, a quick little trailer for another project we've been working on. We'll be right back. In this crazy mixed up world, you need fake news you can depend on. Fake on. Count on. Laugh at. When news is breaking, it's probably the fakest. <laughs> it's probably the fakest that's breaking it. That's me. I'm Paul Defoe. We've got a commercial, Paul. Breaking the fake news for real. Kcom Studios in somewhere west of New York City. This is the fakest. Only one podcast is on it. On the scene, making it up, breaking the fake news for real. With more reporters covering more fake stories. Coming June 18th to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Voice Facts. I can also email you the transcript if you want. Check us out at thefakest.com and subscribe in Apple Podcasts for a new thrilling episode every two weeks. Pretty timely. The Fakest. We fake it when we make it. And that's The Fakest. A sketch comedy <laughs> with a plot uh, done in a news format. It's not really political. It's not political. It's yeah. going to sound political. It's going to feel political. It's not political. It is it's not political. Comedy. It's a basic, It's sketch comedy, and there's also an ongoing story with the, the news team characters. Uh, we're getting ready to gear up for season two here, so now's the time to go catch up over at thefakest.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually, I'm working on an episode this week, which is going to involve three guest writers. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So far all the episodes have been written by me with Anne marie's help uh just a little bit i edit things i'm like i don't yeah. know what that word means your audience won't know she's either. my beta reader uh but uh <laughs> th- this this season we're going to be opening it up to other writers too so we're going to have three new stories from three new voices it's going to be awesome so get it's caught up awesome. it's going to be awesome it's going to be great as is the next part of the episode i want to talk about which okay. is mr penn the ventriloquist i loved it I loved it. Absolutely loved great. it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Wasn't needed, but I loved uh, it. Uh, one, it was great to see Mr. Penn again. He's always been a really good watch, uh, you know, throughout throughout the past couple seasons, right? I think it's yeah. the, yeah, the yeah, past yeah, couple yeah. seasons. Yeah. And it also introduced the dummy villain Scarface to the world of Gotham. Uh, now, so Anne-Marie, I don't think you were very aware of the ventriloquist Scarface dynamic. No. What did what was your impression of it as a as a neophyte? I've heard that word in forever. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even know. You don't. Even I don't know even that. know. Um, applesauce, you know. Applesauce. I don't <laughs> know. 
Yeah, it was interesting. I, I'm not a huge fan of um, dummies and ventriloquists. Uh, like you're scared of them or you just actively I, dislike them? I actually them. just think it's weird. Yeah. Which is weird that my daughter was trying to be a ventriloquist today with a sock puppet that had eyeballs. <laughs> so um, after watching this and then watching it, was just lots of ventriloquisty. Um I don't know. I, I'd rather just have Mr. Penn just voice it all and like turn into Mr. Scarface. Oh, like. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Draw the like things on and like be the dummy. That would be an interesting take on it. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. For right? sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I really liked it. I, I, I believe this is also the first appearance of Scarface slash a, a, at least a proto version of the ventriloquist in live action. And I think the writing in the scenes were, it was pretty killer too. Others? Like, like it was another situation where all the Ed, uh, Ed Oswald, Mr. Penn stuff could be, have been extracted from the episode and the season. We probably wouldn't have lost anything, mm -hmm. but I thought the writing was relatively well done and it kind of helped strengthen the Ed Oswald yes. relationship. Yeah, that, I mean, that's probably another takeaway that we actually get from this episode is it yeah. strengthens them again uh, to, and it's not because they've been divided for the past couple seasons. I yeah. mean, they've had, you know, moments where they've, work together but but now it's like you yeah. know you can see like the bonds that we're going to finally get in that the opening scene yeah. of the series season, exactly season not serious but okay so yeah in the comics yeah. the ventriloquist is a guy named arnold wesker okay and uh you know mr penn is not him but he the dynamic between him and scarface feels exactly like the dynamic between uh arnold wesker and the the comic book version of scarface okay i also thought it was interesting that uh you know he mentioned that it, he found scarface in a magic shop there's always sort of a lingering question about scarface if he's an actual threat an actual entity or just a, a dummy that a, he picked up or yeah, product or projection of uh, the ventriloquist sort of delusions. Uh, considering how Mr. Penn's ends up, or how Mr. Penn ends up in this at the episode. end of this episode, yeah. you know he dies. I, I, <laughs> I have know, a feeling. I have a feeling that even if they never address it again, and they probably won't, uh, the Gotham writers were intending to suggest that uh, Scarface was sort of a magical entity, yeah. and that in the future Arnold Wesker would find his way into that same magic shop and find another version of the Scarface puppet, one that oh. Penguin hadn't blown the head off of. Okay. It was interesting that both Scarface and Mr. Penn were shot in the head, though. Yeah. Or maybe not. Uh, let's see. Peter says, felt the Riddler killing Penn was better fitting than Sophia shooting the pig. Because that's a more real reaction for a supervillain to a lesser psycho criminal. Fair enough. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Yeah, I also I also thought thought it it was kind of an interesting thing because throughout throughout all of the scenes, like you kind of felt you weren't sure where Ed's allegiance. You had no were idea going. what was going. Ed's like going off on a tangent. And then you the, don't do anything. And and then and then he saves them. They're at the end with one action. They're made for each other, basically. But Which, no, it it was great to see Mr. Penn back, and I I thought he did a really good job with Scarface and the voice and the dynamic was. Mwah! Magnifique. Fabulous. <laughs> Nig Marble Pot returns. Nig Marble Pot. So I will never tire of watching the relationship between these two gentlemen grow and develop, and crash and burn, and grow and develop, and, well, crash and burn. Um, no matter how many psych breaks that they seem to go through, because they go through quite a few. Uh -huh. This one has a psych break. The other one has a psych <laughs> break. They go through one together. It's interesting. Um... But when will Ed learn that Oswald is a taker? Yeah. He's a taker. Mm -hmm. He's not going to do anything for you, really. Like, all he's going to do is, like, blow the head off of somebody, usually. Yeah. You know, he got some hired help that was carrying his food. Um, but that's about it. Um, and he's, he's just not going to change. So he either needs to, like, deal with it, which he seems to at the end, or, like, stop letting him get away with it. Yeah. Like, don't let him on the submarine. It's fine. Um, well, I... 
I, I will say that I felt like that was a little bit of a cop out because I mean everyone brings different strengths to what it, a relationship. He's, he's bringing the jewels. He's bringing the the he, goods. He, he's bringing the jewels. He went out and he got some muscle, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, yes, but that's not what Ed was needing. Ed was like, I don't know how to do sonar. Yeah, yeah. You are asking the wrong person. <laughs> there is one person in Gotham, and you're probably not going to ask them how to help you. Lucius. Yep. Yep. Which. Lucius. <laughs> Bring back Lucius. I need more of that. Um, let's see. Why, what exactly does Ed expect from Oswald to do in terms of building the submarine? He doesn't exactly have the type of brain or abilities for building things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not what he does. Yeah. It's just not what he does. Um, it's nice to see Oswald, however, realize that he's a crappy friend to absolutely everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a neat little development. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a moment of self-awareness I don't think we've gotten with penguin in a while in a while you know yeah. he, he's been so like his ego's been so inflated and everything that right. i don't think he's taken a moment to self-reflect no not at all um that's why i'm alone see my points are just so much more fluffy than yours i wonder <laughs> what is going to be next for this duo because they are absolutely never getting out of gotham they're not you're not you're yeah. not going anywhere Oh, I really You're hope not. we get a scene with them in a submarine, though. Like, you know, maybe like a uh, like How a divided, well? like cutaway thing where like they they show. That would be glorious. I would love it. It's never awesome. going to happen. It's never gonna so, happen. so what do you think about, you know, I, I know we have a lot of listeners who are pretty committed to the Nick Bumble Pot Truth Pot ship. Yep. Uh, what, They're riding that ship till it dies. Do do you think we in the in the flash forward we might see a Nick Mobblepot romance that has developed over the course of the ten years in between? I would support that, but I don't think what we've seen so far supports that. I I'd say I'd love to see it. I'd say the end of the scene in this episode made me feel like that was an actual possibility of happening again for the first time in a couple seasons. But the opening scene of this season Uh they were in their separate places yeah so and i feel like if we were going that route we would be in the same location Mm -hmm. because you know who knows depending on how that whole situation falls out maybe (laughs) maybe maybe they'll come to a a a nice place maybe they'll come to a nice but they can go get a cup of coffee get a nosh Mm, nosh (laughs) but yeah it was Mm a Mm -hmm. it was an episode it was an episode. It was anything from the chat room. Um, Donowar says it's the same plot as Lost. <laughs> um, Penguin calling Arthur Arnold was a nice nod to the comics. Uh, ah, I'm really bad at scrolling. They're meant for each other, basically. Big Mobile Pot Love. They are meant for each other. Okay, we're going to wrap it up a bit. with some quibbles and bits here. These are random bits from our notes we didn't think deserved an entire discussion point, but we thought were worth mentioning it anyway. Uh, so my first one is Penn's ventri- Ventriloquist. <laughs> Penn's Ventriloquist. Penn's Ventriloquist seemed to improve throughout, the, or Ventriloquism rather, you know, his his yes. adeptness at yes. being a ventriloquist seemed to improve throughout the episode, almost as if the more control Scarface took, the less Penn had to control him. It's true. Like if, if my theory that is probably never going to pan out one way or the other about him being a magical entity, we can just think it on is, our own. is true. I think maybe Penn, the ventriloquism got better as Scarface was taking more control of the situation. Oh, okay I thought that. that was cool. Rest in peace, Dale. We hardly knew you. Yeah, just like another Gabe. Another Gabe. Like, oh no, going off of that one though. Are all of Penguin's goons gone now? I He's think like, so, I yeah. have no one. So nobody's making bullets anymore then. Yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. I don't know what's going on. Okay, uh, with a new reference to Hugo Strange's work in Indian Hill, might we finally get a resolution to the Yanni Bruce storyline, the clone Bruce Wayne storyline? That would be really cool if they just like all I, of a sudden I, Yanni Bruce. I read I read someone uh, say on the internet a couple weeks ago wouldn't it be funny if uh, Alfred in this episode if Alfred and Bruce were just wandering through the sewers and they come across along a body and they're like oh it's the clone and you know that's the wrap up to the that's the wrap up he just, died in the, sto- he just sewers. died in the sewers uh, Babs would not have given her code up that easily to Jane we already talked about that Anyway, uh, if, if Penn's story about waking up in the morgue was true, the GCPD has really let down their medical standards mm-hmm. uh, or let them drop. You'd think Lucius would have uh, realized he was alive. I feel like he's a little busy. 
Maybe. Possibly. Um, your flashlight dying was really the sign you should leave, Bruce. Eh. <laughs> Shouldn't you check the batteries before you went down? There? Yeah, probably. If only he had a belt with some extra batteries. <laughs> you know, maybe this is where he gets the idea. Light the night. Um, with the flashlight. <laughs> yeah. And it had little bats on the side. Like little <laughs> little bat signals. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. I, I, I thought the ending of the episode was really weak for Gotham. Nor, normally, uh, Gotham ends on like a holy sh- moment. <laughs> and uh, and this episode did not. It was just kind of like, ah, I just thought you should know, Jim. Bye. Gotham. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it just kind of fizzled out for me a little bit. Uh, There's so many characters running around Gotham that I care about their story. that I'm really having a hard time focusing on all these stories that just seem to come out of left field and not really moving the plot forward. Fair enough. Related. So I was playing on the Gotham wiki earlier because I now do that. And there was an interview with our buddy John Stevens earlier, um, like in October or something, when they changed it from 10 episodes to 12. It says, Uh as a result of the um, shortened season, the showrunner John Stevens stated that we move really quickly. We tried to build out the character moments as well. Sometimes we've had so much plot that we had to squeeze out some character stuff. And now that it's the last chance we have to be with these characters, we're letting them live in these moments. But you're not. You're squeezing them back in. I, I could see, uh, again, the Mr. Penn scenes in this episode kind of speaking to that. But, you know, the other uh, like none of the other ones were. Yeah, there was there was no real character development mm-hmm. too much for I mean, there was a little bit of backstory explained for Bullock. But yeah, I don't think any other characters really had any strong development. I, I mean, I guess they tried to do that with Alfred a little bit with him, like blaming himself for the Wayne murder, but they hadn't really established that until that scene where it's like, no, you don't have to. And that shouldn't have happened right then. Yeah. It was a ter- that was like a week too late. Yeah. It would have been cool if like Alfred had expressed concerns about that or something this week. And then next week they addressed it or something, you know, give it a little time to <coughs> build up the drama. Well, maybe we're going to have a time jump or something coming soon. Possibly. Well, we know we're having at least one soon, but we should have yeah. at least two. Okay. Well, now uh, we've reached the end of our discussion. So oh. it's time to find out what we thought about the episode. Now, normally what I do is I come up with some random thing from the episode, some random number right on the spot right now. And uh, Anne-Marie, out of 1,008 Scarface splinters, how many Scarface splinters do you give this episode? And over in the comments, feel free to chime in too. 712? 712. Why? Because it, I'm sorry, it sucked. <laughs> I really like, I, I, that's actually probably really high for how I feel yeah. about it. Like, so, let's so, be honest. Uh, we were rewatching and taking notes and I was banging my head on the, the <laughs> um, thing, the bed stand. Um, it just, it was boring. It, it was really like yeah. nothing moved forward. And like we've said like six times because all of the haterade and all of the lands. Um, you could have completely pulled this episode out, put it any other season uh-huh. with like tiny tweaks, yeah, tiny, mm-hmm. and you'd have been fine. And it would have been more entertaining and it would have been more exciting because we'd have been like, oh, we're getting Killer Croc. We're getting the ventriloquist. Like, yeah. look at this cool, like face thing. Like, yeah, that's the thing in earlier seasons when they've introduced bat villains, they've given them like an arc and time to really. Yes develop and shine killer croc should have had a whole half a season arc yeah the ventriloquist like we could have seen that build and build i'd have loved Which, to have seen to be, him in the magic shop and like to, to be fair with mr pen we have seen that character sort of build and build and build yes and i'll give you that but <sighs> so if, if you if you had to put oh, well we have some things coming in from the chat room what are people saying in the chat room? um i don't know let's see Let's see. Um, Soledad 730, filler episode, Bobby 755, um, Marianne 800, and it's hot, that high because of um, Scarface. Don, uh, it's hard for me to pay attention to, and since um, I've been more negative than you all, I thought it was just me. I'm weirdly comforted that Anne-Marie is a hater now. I'm not a hater. I just really despise this episode. Mike <laughs> um, Pasqua, 660. Scarface Splinters. Peter Price, 957. Okay, see. Oh, but 900 of those are for Scarface, and the other 57 are split amongst the rest of the show. See, that I'm okay with. I'm on board with that. Definitely. That definitely. is how I feel about the situation. <laughs> As for me, I'm probably, I'm probably going to have to give it like a... 
like an eight fit 850 scarface splinters yeah just because uh you know the scarface stuff i thought was amazing the jane doe story was okay the killer croc stuff kind of sucked and uh i i just feel like with so few episodes left they might have been better served working on the season arc versus just these little side jaunts you know yeah it just like if you don't have anything else to say at like this time do a mini time jump do like a month down the road you know what I mean? Like they don't even have to do like a big giant or, or take one aspect of the episode, like the Scarface thing or the killer croc yeah, thing and, and make build it, it. Yeah. And just make that and work the majority it into of the, the episode. Rest of the yeah. epi- have it make sense. Yeah. But now it doesn't yeah, matter. That's another thing with this one is, is just, you know, we've discussed over the past few weeks about how, you know, the different plot, plot lines tend to co- coalesce towards the end of an episode. This didn't at all. None of the plot lines even touch each other, really, no. at all. And it's fine if, like, one of them doesn't because it's, like, building the side thing. And it's usually um, the mobble pot that's, yeah. like, coming up the side and about two episodes, boom, it all attacks. Exactly. It's not going to do that. Yeah. Unless it's, like, you know, to go back to the Lost reference, like, when they were pushing <laughs> out the boat. When it's like they're pushing out the submarine, yeah. like that, that I want to see. I want to see everybody gathering around and not necessarily mm-hmm. cheering, but in, you know, relation. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. But I always good. Always good. I, I hopefully next week will be a little better. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Uh, but we're going to wrap up now with some listener feedback. As always, when you get done watching the episode next week, uh, jaunt over to your computer and email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, hop over to your phone and leave us a voicemail at 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Or you can just be a lazy ass and tweet us at Legends of Gotham. <laughs> or or visit, comment on a YouTube video or something. Yeah, or visit us over on Facebook at facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. Uh, now, we always like to start with voicemails because at this point... We're tired of talking. And as usual, we normally start with Bobby's voicemail. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, guys, it's Bobby. There wasn't a whole lot going on this week to drive (laughs) the story forward, so I guess you could say uh, we got a filler episode. But I was certainly entertained while watching. As for Bruce and Alfred, it doesn't look like we got uh, Joker's smiling fish. Sorry, Bill. But we Uh. certainly see uh, the effects that the toxins in the river have. And let's just say I wouldn't want to go for a swim. It seems like Gotham is having fun with the time they have left and introducing characters that they never got a chance to right and left and unfortunately killing them off as soon as they're introduced. (laughs) There had been rumors, but wow, I've got to say that the uh, ventriloquist and Scarface has got to be one of the most uh, comic accurate representations on Gotham thus far. Absolutely. Which made it even more heartbreaking when Riddler put a bullet through his head. And as for the A story, uh, you know, Clayface was the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm glad that Bullock, uh, you know, called that out. And this is a character I'm not familiar with. While I was certainly entertained while watching the episode, I can't help but, you know, uh, upon reflection, like, I feel like there's a bunch of plot holes. Like, I don't understand. They never really explained uh, the chameleon or whatever her name, you know, uh, Jane Doe. They never really explained the extent of her powers and her weaknesses yeah. and what all that pertains. They just kind of like said, oh, look, her skin, her face comes off. I or doesn't. I, I don't know. <laughs> all of that was really confusing. Um, and then the face, the point that she was like hitting, you know, like uh, grossed out by her face. Uh I wonder if that's like because maybe she looks like her dad, you know, because like when you go into her house, all of the faces of her and her dad were scratched out. But anyway, that's just a theory of mine. Uh, Unfortunately, even more evidence, even more evidence. And I think Bobby was the one who mentioned that in the comments earlier. Little to no information. That's all I can work on is theories. And then although they had Arthur like explain exactly what happened to him, that doesn't really explain what happened to him. He was left for dead and then just like just did um didn't die die. i i don't understand that (laughs) so at the end of the day uh out of 13 discarded human faces i guess i'll give this episode eight (laughs) well i certainly had a fun time watching it uh you know filled with great scenes and characters it much like dicks i guess it just had no legs to stand on (laughs) oh Good close, Bobby. Uh, next, uh, we're going to hear from Rebecca Johnson of Supergirl Radio fame. Take it away, Rebecca. 
What's up, Legends of Gotham? What's up? Rebecca Johnson, and I wanted to send in some feedback about the Gotham Season 5 episode called Nothing's Shocking. A couple of quick things before I get into why I really wanted to chime in with some thoughts. The first thing is that I was glad that Bullet got a lot of story in this episode because so often he's played as a minor or forgotten character on the show. This week, we got to learn more about his past and see how far he's come. I did have a question, so my second little quick thing is that I I was wondering if Jane Doe's mask was an homage to Jerry Hall's character in Batman 89. I asked this because in the comics, Jane Doe looks like she stepped out of the Bodies the Exhibition, so I wondered if the mask was an Easter egg. To I don't know if it was or not, but it definitely kind of evoke that yeah. for sure uh if, if if you guys don't know the reference the joker's girlfriend he like throws some acid on her face and then makes her wear a mask oh, uh okay kind of similar to the jane doe mask jerry hall and batman 89 at least that was my first thought anyway the third quick thing i had was also a question the gotham twitter account tweeted quote, that croc is a killer, unquote. So do we have confirmation that the guy in the sewer is Killer Croc? Because if so, I'm into it. Okay, so all... I I, I will say that uh, not only did the Gotham Twitter account do that, but I also think uh, David, uh, who plays Bruce Wayne, mentioned that it was Killer Croc. So that's that's a confirmed Killer Croc, or Filler Croc, as the case may be. Filler Croc. That stuff was great. But I mostly want to talk about Scarface. (laughs) Everything about the way they handled the character arc of Arthur Penn transforming into the ventriloquist was a great long game from the writers. I loved how they incorporated Arthur's dynamic with Oswald into why he ends up with Scarface. Arthur's line about how Oswald forced him to be his puppet made my ears perk up and my (laughs) mouth form a smile because, dang it, that was well played. Even the way they initially introduced Scarface and played him for laughs is a kooky and strange interaction with someone who seems unstable (laughs) caused the dramatic turn to, oh my gosh, the dummy has a gun. (laughs) was a strong move on part of the writers, the performers, and I would also say the direction. I have to say, Scarface looking through the window blinds <laughs> made me cackle because he is such a ridiculous Batman villain, which, of course, made him fit perfectly into the world of Fox's Gotham. Definitely. Well, that's it for me, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I Yeah, yeah I definitely agreed on all points. Uh, Scarface was it was pretty much spectacular. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. For sure. Thanks, Rebecca, for the Woo-hoo! voicemail. Uh, next up, we have one from Mike Pasqua. Take it away, Mike. Woo! Well, Bill and Anne-Marie, this is Mike Pasqua. Uh, you know, a couple things stand out from this episode of Gotham. One, Jane Doe. Now, it didn't dawn on me until halfway through the episode when they, the, first off, they kept saying her name, her actual name, and then they used, they actually had to hit me over the head with it, uh, in terms of Jane Doe. You know, when I saw her and she was taking the face of the other people, I didn't think Jane Doe. I thought was the the villain from the uh, 1966 Batman TV show, False Face. That's who I thought. And and that is a great point. I I know none of the things. It was like he he had these plastic masks he could put on kind of thing. Uh, And yeah, the the faces they rip off of her Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me, remind me a little bit of that. They were a little more transparent, I think. But that's not what the characters in the thing thought. thought. Now, in the show thought, they thought uh, uh, Basil Carlo, you know, but... That's not what I thought. That's number one. Number two, uh, Harvey blames himself for what happened to Jane Doe. Number three, hmm, she's still pregnant, but uh, Jane Doe hits her stomach, hits a hmm. barbarous, bar, not, doesn't punch her in the stomach, but hits her in the stomach, you know? Barbara is approximately 16 days pregnant. She's fine. Yeah. She'll she's be fine. Okay. 
Did she- Wait, is Barbara pregnant? I have no idea. <laughs> Look at my bragging belly. No, she would be absolutely perfectly fine. Mm. Unless, like, she had a knife to her stomach. Okay, we're, anyway, we're going to lean away from the darkness. Well. Now, how we know, we know you're not supposed to, you know, jostle a woman when she's pregnant like that. I mean, get physical with her, you know, that type of thing, that way. And that's what she did. She basically elbowed her in the, in the stomach. Now, how will this affect the baby? We don't know because we won't, probably won't see the birth. But- I would imagine that it will, you know, affect the baby in the sense that the baby will have proclivities or leanings towards vigilanteism. Uh, possibly that's generally what happens when you you, You jostle the baby you have a vigilante they like to climb on things yeah my youngest you you jostled around because he was the youngest he stands on his head all the time yeah like it's it's as close to a super villain as he gets he he also leaps from rooftop to rooftop often or from counter to counter to get the good snack exactly (laughs) but that's that now as far as what bruce and alfred were doing when I saw that mutant guy in the in the thing in the in the in the thing, I mean, uh, uh, as they were chasing whoever they were chasing, I saw that uh, when I saw that mutant guy, what I thought first of all, well, that's that's Killer Croc. That's that's the next thing. And finally, and fine, well, not and finally, but uh, I like the realization of the ventriloquist. And and that and I oh, oh got cut off there and there we go sorry about that Mike but uh I uh, thank you very much for calling in and we're gonna wrap up with a letter from Mark uh, he says hi folks so I'm betting that this was one of uh, the two additional episodes filmed after the finale oh see that actually makes even yeah. more sense definitely that ab- <gasps> and that makes sense why next week's uh-huh. with who the writer and the director are. Very true. Because next week, it's written by Ben McKenzie and directed by Aaron. Yeah. And everybody else was probably already, like, off contract, and they're like, we'll do it. (laughs) Sorry, continue. Yeah, but uh, it gave us three new villains, two of whom died, and the third, who I'm guessing will eventually become Killer Croc, is down in the sewer, never to be seen again until the show is rebooted. (laughs) Uh, Plus, they have been back and forth all year on whether we will get to see the ventriloquist. So bringing Penn back under sketchy circumstances to fill that role seems like a perfect answer to what do we do with uh, 48 extra minutes of television? On the plus side, I thought the episode itself was a lot of fun. I have no trouble with villain of the week procedurals. I I really enjoyed Scarface and the ironic reveal that there was nothing wrong with Jane's face (laughs) was more chilling than actually having her disfigured would have been. Actually, I thought the whole creepy house with the faces scratched out of the photos was very nicely done. I was creeped out more by the dolls. On the other hand, I wish they had given us a little more clarity on Jane's role in the original murder. Yes! Yeah, that was a little murky, but not, no, actually it it was was too murky. murky. It was too murky. Uh, I I guess the underlying idea was that uh, the mother was that the mother should have uh, been shown mercy under a battered woman defense, but the little girl blamed the cops for making her testify and sent her mother away instead. Even so, I can't see how they made Jane a killer until she started actually killing the cops themselves. And why did it take her 20 years? Four episodes left. Wow. What a ride it's been. You ain't just whistling Dixie there, Mike. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, if you want to whistle Dixie to us next week after you watch the episode, you can email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. The voicemail is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. The Twitter's at Legends of Gotham. And the Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham, where we broadcast 9 p.m. EST. Sunday nights, uh, talking about the the latest stuff, and you'll get to hear your stuff played back as long as we don't get too much. Sometimes we don't play. Sometimes everything. we can't play at all. Sometimes we don't play anything. Uh, no, sometimes we we always play something. Sometimes we don't play anything. Either. Sometimes we don't we don't play games around. Bill here. needs sleep. Bill does need sleep. Uh, Bill. Uh, Bill basically worked out for four hours today. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun. Okay, uh, so hey, Marie, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at AMD Simone. I think it's down here, and you can find me on Instagram here at UB and Marie. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Bill Meeks. Uh, you can follow. Yeah, yeah. Way to get the same thing for both. 
You can follow the <laughs> fakest, uh, which, like I said, we're gearing up uh, here in March or something uh, to launch March or season something. Two. Do you notice it started off March, March ish, sometime in March, maybe March. <laughs> And we might have a couple little bonus episodes coming out before the main season starts, too. Uh, so definitely check all that stuff out. And if nothing else, you know, uh, join us back here next week. Uh, we want to thank everyone who's been in the chat yes, tonight. You, Peter Price you. and Mike Donna Pasqua, Lar, and Mike Lar, Pasqua, Rebecca Soledad, was there for a little while, Soledad. Um, and, and the Marianne. partridge that was in the pear tree. Wow. Um, so I guess that about does it. Truth. I guess that about, about does, does it. it. I guess and that about does it. And it's next time. Until next time. Join us next time for more Legends, Legends of, of Gotham. Gotham. You're a little weird. You're a little weird. Yep.